Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now, here are your hosts, the founders of DogsInDanger.com, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush on AM 970, The Apple. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back in the studios of WNYM in New York City with my partner here, uh, Brenda Bush. Welcome back, folks. Uh, the music's still going, but we're here, and I am going to announce today, this is not a beautiful day in New York. Okay. Yes, it is. No, the sun not is really. shining. That makes a beautiful day. Well, so. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna qualify it's it that way. It's chilly out there today. It's chilly out there. It's mm-hmm. kind of overcast. So there is one day that we've been on the air, and it is not gorgeous. Kids are gonna be wearing their coats <laughs> over their Halloween costumes. I think that's for sure. it is Halloween, so it's the Happy the witching Halloween. hour, mm-hmm. and the election day is coming up in uh, what one and a half days now. Yes. Tuesday morning, the polls open up, and that's right. why today is the Election Day special of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. And we have some fabulous guests. We're going to be talking about, obviously, the elections, about, about legislation and how it impacts animal rights or animal issues, especially in New York. I need, but, one, I need somebody to send me one of those My Dog Votes uh, bumper stickers. Where can I get one hmm, of those? Yeah, that's a cool I've one. seen a few people driving yeah. around with those. I don't have that. Yeah, that's a cool one, except it's not true, right? Last time I... Last time I saw well, a dog voting. Well, by extension, <laughs> you know, the humans voting for the dog, I think that's what they mean. Yeah. Uh, before we get to um, our guests and the subject is jour, let's talk about uh, a couple of housekeeping items. The first one is the PSA update. And um, we keep telling you these guys and the D-Day for the PSA's airtime is getting very, very close. We can now announce that it will go on the air on November the 8th. That's a week from Monday. So exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. We've worked it will long go... and hard. Blood, sweat, and tears on that this is, one. That is true. And about... for those that haven't been following the PSA saga, that is public service announcement. So it's a television commercial for a nonprofit organization. Yes, and uh, we asked our uh, our list of uh, people that had registered to, uh, to get an email from the Dogs in Danger website um, to look at it and give us a, um, their opinion on a couple of different varying versions. 264 people wrote in and gave us an opinion, which it was is quite which a was, response. Yeah, quite a response. It really we was read an amazing response. Thank we you read some of the did. responses yeah. last week. I think we're not going to go through that again, but uh, we've taken all of those responses into uh, into our calculations and revised the video, and the finished product will be on the air in LA and in New York. It's going to have a two week run in Los Angeles and then three week run in New York. And we're hoping that it's going to have the kind of impact that it seemed to have had on um, on our our list and uh, and some I, I, of. The... I think it will. I think it will. It's I'm very really, excited about it. It's very compelling. It's very heart heart wrenching, but uh, moving. And I think it's going to spread the word and and hopefully save some yeah. lives. Yeah, and you know I'm very proud of it. And I help us raise you. more money so we can keep it running. Yeah, um, before it runs us bankrupt <laughs> and we have a poll as we've usually done um at this time we have a poll out at, on our yeah, facebook with a, page with an election day twist on it on yeah. our facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash dogs in danger for anyone who wants to go there and still vote you can and the question that we're asking today is i would let an animal issue be decisive in determining who i vote for so that's kind of a hot potato of a, of a question and we'd like you guys to go over there and uh, and say yes or no because there are two versions of it which one of them is obviously no. Up to now, what's the latest number? Right now we're at about 87% that they would 
allow an animal issue to be decisive in their voting. Wow, 87 to 13, the winner. Okay, so we'll announce by the end of the show what the final numbers are. Going into it right now, we're at 87%. We put the poll up yesterday uh, late. Um, Switching subjects to our um, pet talk du jour, we have a couple of silly uh, subjects that we're going to talk about uh, before we get into election orientation. Yeah, and one of them is Halloween. So Halloween is tonight, and uh, I guess that stands for our dogs, too, because we're going to drag them into Halloween, whether they like it or not. Um, New York Magazine did a couple of uh, interesting articles about how dogs interface with Halloween. And apparently they're not as, quite as excited as we are. About it's very ha- stressful. You know, yeah. a bunch of strangers show up at your house wearing costumes. Yeah, they apparently get very stressed. Ringing the doorbell. And, yeah, it's very, it can be very stressful for a lot of dogs. I know a lot. I have a, a lot of dog folk friends who uh, end up putting their dogs on anti-anxiety medication for Halloween. Yeah. Well, this was an interesting question that New York Magazine um, asked, and they did some research on it. The question was, uh, we all love dressing our dogs, but how much do they like getting all dressed up? You know, you know Not all dogs cute, like being right? dressed up. No, no, no. I promised my dogs a long time ago I would never put them in costume. But a lot of people like it, a lot you know, of including do. myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Including myself, I have to admit. Buddy so New York was, Magazine Buddy pondered that question. not sporting a costume tonight. No, absolutely not. We had a conversation not. about that. <laughs> so New York Magazine pondered that question and came up with a very surprising answer, and I thought I'd share it with you guys. The dog is, is a species called Canis familiaris, okay, uh, Latin. The familiaris part simply means that they have become familiar with our human ways. So they will accept that silly costume, if only to please you and get your attention. So the, the, the half of their breeding or gene structure basically wants to be accepted by you so badly that they'll accept that silly costume and wear it for you. But, but beware of the canis part. The canis part, the canis part, obviously. That's the part that, that is the canine part of the dog, the same part that comes from the wolf. And that wild part at some point may take over while he's wearing the costume, that is, and, and force you or push you to get that costume off. And if they want that costume off, they're going to do they're something. Gonna get it off. <laughs> yeah, they're going to like roll in something so disgusting you that you it? are going to take it off. <laughs> costumes coming off. No, my dogs don't tolerate costumes very well. Um, let's see. Do we have any more silly stuff in here? Um, actually, I do have another silly one, and then I promise that's going to be the last silly one. Okay, and this this crossed the um, the wires, and I thought I had to I had to bring this up. Okay, so this is in the area of dog dog non intelligence. Okay, we did a whole show on dog intelligence. This one goes in the other show, which is called dog non intelligence. The, <laughs> the dummy dog hour. Yeah, uh, Basset Hound in Colorado survived after after eating more than two dozen nails. Two dozen nails from her family's backyard. Wow. An x-ray revealed that Sophie, who followed her housemate a black lab around as the other dog ate up metal objects, had ingested 31 nails. Oh, that poor dog. Well, the dog's okay. And right? I'm not it's finished not yet. There. As well as siding off the side of the house. And she survived. Well, thank goodness the dog survived. But, um, I mean, where do you dig up this crazy stuff? I don't know where I get this stuff, but, you know, this is definitely at the doggy dummy hour. You know, know? dogs have disorders, too. I mean, there are disorders where dogs, you know, eat inanimate objects. And, obviously, this poor dog has some crazy problem. Yeah, it doesn't do a lot for the species, you know. No. (laughs) So let's turn uh, our attention to more legislative issues since everybody's going to go to the polls uh, and uh, decide the direction of this country uh, on Tuesday. And we want to including animals. Well, they can't vote. Are you crazy or what? When's the last time a dog and a cat was able to vote? Um, without getting silly, they wanted to, we looked to see if there was any um, propositions pending that were strictly animal-related uh, around the nation, 
And there really isn't a lot, but there is one that we want to talk about in Missouri, okay? And all those guys in Missouri listening uh, live on the Dogs in Danger website, we want to say to you guys, go for it, man, because uh, this is fascinating. On May 2nd, the state legislature uh, submitted, was well, actually, actually was submitted, let me start over again. It was submitted to the state legislature 190,000 signatures. That's okay? a lot of signatures. Yeah. And, uh, and the state legislature then on August 3rd certified that on the ballot would be an issue regulating dog breeding in the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Now, this, why is this so important? Because it's the first crack that's being taken at puppy mills. Okay, Oprah did a big show on the puppy mills about a year and a half ago. Everybody talks about how miserable they are, this and that. You know, it's, it's, it's a real divisive issue. And Missouri has a big uh, puppy mill problem, and they've sought various ways to address it. And this is, this is the latest way. And, and, and part of what this would do is adopt new rules for dog breeders, including capping the number of dogs they can use for breeding, requiring resting periods mm-hmm. between breeding, you know, various regulations about how they would have to care for the animals. I mean, just reading the law that they're – and this is done through referendum. Okay, let's get that straight. It is not the legislatures that are put that put this on the ballot. It was the people of Missouri that put this on the ballot, and right. this is the people of Missouri that we're going to find out on Tuesday the beauty if of the they approve it or not. Not every state allows referendums. Not right? New York. Only a handful. I wish we had it here in New York because yeah. I got a few ideas for New yeah, York. A lot of people do, <laughs> and we can talk about that with our legislatures yes. that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because uh, what the law does is basically it, it and, and it's fascinating when you read com- some of these things that it. it prohibits any breeder from having more than 50 breeding dogs for the purpose of selling their puppies as pets. Mm -hmm. So you can't have more than 50 breeding dogs. Right now there's no control on how many you can have. Um, And it it also requires that large-scale breeding dog operations to provide each dog under their care with sufficient, and I'm quoting, sufficient food, clean water, housing, and space, necessary veterinary care, regular exercise, and adequate rest between breeding cycles. Now, it only seems. First thing I have to say is, isn't it a shame that we live in a society where you have to regulate common sense and caring for animals? Absolutely. Absolutely. But remember, this is not animals. This is commerce. This, this is still not. animals. Yeah, commerce you or can, not. You and There's I can look at it any way we want, but at the end of the day, um, it's commerce and it's ownership. And so, therefore, you, you know, you're regulating you know, food and clean water for commerce, which is an oxymoron in itself, right? Nobody talks about. Oh, is it time yes. for us to go off to uh, our first. Dog sequence? Yeah, I think we're on to uh, dog number one. And we move on. Uh, stay tuned for Election Day for what happens in Missouri on Proposition Yeah, we're going to be looking at that. Missouri, we're counting on you guys. Come on. Yeah. And, uh, and now we have our first uh, dog of the day that's highlighted from the Dogs in Danger website, and that would be Little Benito, Jack Russell Terrier mix in Baldwin Park, California. And this, this face is so adorable. You have to go to the Dogs in Danger website, search California, or go to the Radio Hour page for October 31, and you will see the adorable photo of this little guy. The shelter says uh, they affectionately call him Benny. He's a very gentle five-month-old red and white male Jack Russell Terrier mix found as a stray. Uh, he's quiet. He's good with other dogs and remarkably calm for a puppy. He weighs 11 pounds, maybe get up to about 25 pounds when he's full grown. He's very scared at the shelter and uh, really needs a new home. Uh, so if you can help Benito, whether you're in California or not, there's lots of volunteer uh, and paid transport services. So um, you can contact the Baldwin Park, California shelter. And uh, his stray hold time is up, so he's no longer safe. So let's uh, get a home for Benito. And we'll be back with our uh, first guest after after a quick break.
More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. When we first started thinking about dogs in danger, we had one overriding thought. Millions of innocent dogs were being killed in shelters each year in this country. And we realized there was no way for the public to know just which dogs were going to die and when. That's when the light bulb went on. So we created DogsIndanger.com, where every dog gets a last chance at life. The good public embraced the idea, and 40,000 dogs are alive today, bringing joy to families and children everywhere. In today's economy, it's hard for anyone to part with their money. But Dogs in Danger needs your help to keep saving lives. If you believe like we do that needless killing is morally wrong, then do something about it. Please go to DogsIndanger.com and make a tax-deductible donation. Just $18 per month will help us continue our life-saving mission. Donate to DogsIndanger.com and do something good for your soul. Barkable Radio, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Hey folks, we're, we're back on the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Um, it is now 1.15 in New York. And before we move on to our guests, I wanted Brenda to take a quick look at some of the issues that I've been writing right now on the legislative front. And, uh, and tell you guys about uh, some of the key issues that uh, you guys can help us with. We pulled up uh, a few things today that we're going to talk to some of our guests about, and um, that would include uh, legislative measures uh, in front of the um, New York State legislator. Uh, we're in New York State, so we're going to focus on New York mostly today. But uh, we have the Shelter Reporting uh, Act, which would require animal shelters that receive state funding to annually report on intake and disposition of animals and make those available to the public. We talked about that uh, in an earlier show. We're going to follow up on that and see what the um, what the current status of that is. As you all know, we talked about uh, the uh, approval of it, 106 to 31 in the Assembly. Believe it or not, it was just an overwhelming approval and sent on to uh, the governor's desk, um, Governor Patterson's desk, and he vetoed it. And uh, we're going to talk more about uh, why that happened. He vetoed it uh, in September. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Oreo's Law uh, or what would be Oreo's Law. It's been dubbed Oreo's Law, which is um, uh, a bill proposed, uh, sponsored rather, by uh, Assembly Members Kellner and State Senator uh, Duane, which would require public shelters, humane societies, and Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals to release animals to any 501c3 animal rescue or adoption organization that requested possession of them, and that is in lieu of killing them. We also have in New York Animal Abuser Registry, we also have a proposed bill on uh, banning devocalization, also known as debarking of dogs and cats. Uh, so we've got quite a few things uh, up before the New, New York State uh, legisl- legislator, uh, legislation this year. And, um, and so we encourage everybody to get involved. We have a bunch of things posted to our Dogs in Danger Facebook uh, page, uh, also to the uh, dogsindanger.com radio hour page uh, regarding um, ways that you can get involved, how do you find uh, f- animal-friendly candidates, and um, uh, hopefully we're going to have one of our, je- our guests uh, join us in just a second. We, uh, we actually have a bit of a uh, – we have an issue t- with today's guest. Apparently uh, Amy Pollan 
Assemblywoman, Assemblymember Amy Amy Paulin is supposed to have been mm-hmm. joining us. Sponsor of a uh, lot of these, uh, a lot of these. Yeah, a very animal-friendly yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Assemblywoman, uh, and she has not called in, even though we did get a confirmation from her. I hope she's okay. Hope she's okay. Uh, just assume that she's got a problem, and she'll call in when she can. Right, and we just sent an, an email out to her press secretary, trying to figure out what's going on here. We don't really know we're as confounded as anybody else out there. So and, I have a. You want me to go through a couple more of these? Um, if you would like to, yeah. Um, we have uh, Assembly Member James Tedesco has introduced a bill critical to the welfare of uh, New Yorkers and their animals that would increase New York's current animal fighting penalty from a maximum four-year imprisonment and 25000 fine to six years and $30,000. Would also make it a felony to be a spectator in an animal fight, huh? not just the one who's actually doing it, wow. and to own, yeah. possess, or keep any animal for fighting purposes. Um, what about that animal abuser registry that just was introduced in the in the assembly? Again, folks, yeah, we're we're, we're looking at right we're looking at a bunch of very critical uh, legislation that's being proposed much more than in previous years. I have to tell you, um, in the New York State Assembly, uh, and we're expecting and waiting Amy Paulin in her time slot, which is being being uh, eaten up by the second um, assembly person Amy Paulin to call us, and uh, we don't know why she's not on the line, but. We hope she's okay. She has been um, an arch supporter of animal rights and yeah. animal right issues, and she was the she was really the sponsor of the Shelter Reporting Act that passed with huge majorities in the Assembly and uh, in the Senate, and was uh, vetoed by the governor just recently. And we wanted to talk to her a little bit about what happened and if there's going to be an override attempt and some other critical stuff that she's involved in. But unfortunately, we do not have her on the line. So while we're waiting for her, we're sort of doing a, a, a summary look at what's going on, what's going on in, yeah. in and surprisingly, the even even people who are pretty into the dog community, they're not. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm surprised all the time at the number of people who who really don't stay on top of these issues and don't realize what's going on in their own states uh, and how important it is um, for uh, animal protection and responsible dog ownership. Uh, um, laws to be supported. Um, otherwise, you know, if if you're silent about it, um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily go the way you want it to. So uh, we have animal abuser registry is another one. That's yeah, that's a that's a big yeah, one all big over, one. right? How many other states is? Um, I, 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 I know it's know. not right referendum. I know it's being done legislatively, but right. Uh, well, we don't have referendum here. Well, in a lot of other states, also, I know wasn't in it just interesting in California. They're, they're, they're considering it in California. I don't think it's actually been uh, been approved there yet. But there are other states uh, also that are uh, that are considering it, and it would require commissioner of agriculture and the sheriff of each county to maintain a registry of adult animal abusers. Um, so, kind of like the uh, child abuser registry. Yeah, is what, where they're taking that idea. From what are the state. chances of its passage? Do you think? I don't know, but I I'd love to hear. Uh, uh, Assemblyman McGee's opinion on that. So when he comes in, calls in in a few minutes, we'll we'll have to ask him. Yeah, I mean that's a fascinating one. Yeah. Again, um, if you just look at how many bills are being introduced in New York State, it's um, it's unprecedented how many yeah. animal-oriented bills are being introduced in New York State out of nowhere. Which is not, you know, it's not been mm-hmm. one of the most animal-friendly states out there. California, no, it's least. not. New no. York is not known for being so animal-friendly. Exactly. We're, we're hoping that that movement is is taking place across the country and it's going to be yeah but it's, it's fascinating how many are introduced now whether any of these will see daylight it's a different issue but the, just the fact that this uh you know it takes a, an average of um my friends in the, in the legislature tell me it takes an average of five years from introduction to passage of a bill in new york 
in New York Can State. you say dysfunctional? Well, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. But, uh, but the issue is that it, it takes an average of five years. I mean, the one that did pass, the Shelter Reporting Act, I think that took about three years to get through. And then mm-hmm. it's had, it didn't pass because it was actually no. vetoed by the governor. It did pass. No, let's not. Let's be clear about it. It did. Well, pass. it passed both houses, but, but then it was got vetoed. vetoed. Yeah, right. by the governor. It had it had overwhelming support in both houses. Yeah, which which is incredible that he did that. Now we're going to have a new governor next year, and is that going to make a is that going to make a difference? Who knows? We, we wish we had uh, Amy Paulin here to discuss the issue, but uh, hopefully, as we said several times before, Miss um, Paulin is uh, well and and everything is okay, and this is just some sort of a mishap in communications, but. We sent an email out to his, uh, her press secretary, and uh, we have not heard back from so him So can I either. just say, this is the first show that Alex scheduled by himself? <laughs> yeah. Well, here, here, here's the email that we received Confirmed. back. Yeah. Um, you, you see know, it with your own eyes, right? Up. Yeah, probably a mix-up. It happens. What are you going to do? Live means live. Yeah, live means... Uh, so we have a couple other things in New York. We're going to have to go to network break in a minute. So um, let's just uh, talk about a couple other things in New York that people should be aware of. Uh, in New York... It's legal for insurance companies to refuse to grant coverage to families who own certain breeds of dogs, even if the dog's well-trained and has no history of aggression. It's also legal for insurance companies to drop a family's coverage because the company arbitrarily decided not to cover homeowners who own certain breeds of dogs. And this falls under that breed-specific legislation stuff. You know, people need to be really aware that that this is, you know, this is a constant battle uh, in many states, and uh, it certainly is here in New York where um, you can lose your homeowner's insurance uh, just by virtue of a certain type of dog that you have, not because that dog's done anything wrong. So um, we'll have to have a whole other show on homeowner's insurance because there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And a- again, is that a bill that's being introduced? Uh, it's, uh, um, yeah, I have uh, AB 2566 and SB 404. Um, and who are the sponsors of it's those been, bills? I don't, you know what, I don't have that in front of me and offhand I don't recall, but that one's been up over and over and over again. Oh, it's one of those, it's one of those rotating bills yeah. that goes up and mm-hmm. goes to committee and mm-hmm. bounces back and is amended and goes back to committee and blah, 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 and over and over again. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff going around. I mean, obviously the key ones that the animal rights community has really been focusing on is not the shelter reporting. That was sort of a, a, a missed radar. You know, that thing came out of nowhere and, and, and basically got vetoed and caught people sleeping on the animal rights side of it. The one that everybody was so focused on was Oreo's Law. Right. That was the one that everybody, for some reason, had it on their radar, even though some of the stuff that you just talked about are, are really... Really important issues that, yeah, people just aren't aware of. Yeah, They don't but know what's going on in their own states. I think in Oreo's, it was more of an intrinsic, easy-to-understand kind of a law, you know? And, and so the rule was just real easy to understand. So it was kind of like... Do how come how come we have to pass a law for this and do how come it didn't pass? Well, guess you know? what? You do, yeah. Yeah, Sometimes so too it was a little too late. Yeah, it was a little bit on that. I mean, shelter reporting. I mean, think about it. It's not the easiest thing. It's like what shelters report how many dogs they took in. The, don't they do that anyway? I mean, anyway, who cares? You know, there's a there's an aspect to that. But the other one is sort of like what? Yeah, if, if there's somebody that wants to adopt a dog, why would you kill it? You why know? would you kill it if someone would take yeah, an a, animal? Right now, I know that there is. It's a much more complex issue than that. It's not as easy as that is, but it seems that way. Prima facie, you know, uh, at first look, it seems mm-hmm. that way, and I think that's what. So the big deal is, I don't know what's going to happen with Oreos Law when it comes back up. Uh, you know, next year is the the passion going to be there, but from the animal rights community in New York. Um, is it going to have, you know, is it basically run out of steam after the big push? You know, remember last year they brought down the assembly servers twice, from what I understand, mm-hmm. from emails, from inbound emails. There was just such an outrageous number of emails. 
Um, so we don't know if that kind of passion is going to be around. But I'll tell you and what, I'm impressed by Missouri. 190,000 signatures in not in a state not particular. I mean, everybody knows California is dog-friendly, okay? Everybody knows that California is the most dog-friendly or animal-friendly state in the, in the union. Uh, you can call them crazy. You can say West Coast nuts or whatever you want to say. They are what they are. But nobody would have expected Missouri to make the first forage into this uh, area of puppy mills. Well, they've got a real puppy mill problem, and there's a lot of animal lovers so in So does Missouri. Pennsylvania. There's I don't a see animal- a referendum in Pennsylvania. Well, there are other measures being taken in Pennsylvania to address the issue of puppy mills, but not referendum. Yeah. I mean, the fact, the, the, the fascinating part to me is that it's a referendum, and it's not a piece yeah. of lead, it's not a bill that somebody introduced. Okay, there's no political gain in it. It's the people. And it's not easy to get 190,000 signatures. Especially in a state like Missouri. You know, it's not a state where, you know, you know uh, with a population of, you know, 20 million. Um, as, uh, you know, California. So that, those are the kind of things that one has to look at, I think. And I, I, I'm quite proud that, uh, that Missouri has this ballot initiative, and, and we're going to be looking to see if it, if it passes or not. So where do, where do you lay on this thing? Stay tuned for— Is it going to pass? Uh, I actually think it will pass, yeah. I do think it will pass. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of opposition to it for a variety of reasons, which we can't get into in the next two minutes before we go to network break. But, um, yeah, I do think it's going to pass. Well, it's, it's one of those things, you know, where everybody is against the puppy mill, you know, machinery, let's say, right? But no one can stop it. And you've got to ask yourself, why is that? If everybody's against it, I mean, Oprah goes on national TV, dedicates a whole hour to it, right? So everybody's it. against it. I mean, she's obviously against it. And a lot of the, you know. Um, but how to address it is the problem. And how come it never gets addressed correctly, you know? And uh, in this case, the people are yeah. taking it in their own hands. And that's the fascinating part of it. Folks, we have to go to network break now, 29 after the hour. We'll be back in about three or four minutes. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. The News, AM 970, The Apple. It's 56 degrees under partly sunny skies in New York. An arrest has been made in the killing of a Queens deli owner, Glenn Shuck, reports. A week after 54-year-old Juan Torres was shot and killed during a robbery here at the Lucky Deli, 27-year-old Sean Ford of Queens has been charged with his murder. Gerson Torres says his family will keep on with the deli after installing some more security. Cameras, good system of cameras, and we're going to change. We'll be better. How's it been? A lot of the customers have come here and been so upset about what happened. How does that make you feel to come in and hear all the nice words about him? It's a very warm feeling because they like a family around here, all of us together, to share with us our pain. In 2002, another family member was shot and killed inside this deli. In 1999, Torres's brother gunned down at a deli in Brooklyn. Glenn Shuck, Americ Boulevard in Queens. A New York woman who used phony credentials to embezzle thousands of dollars from families with autistic children is headed to prison. Stacy Lohr received an eight-year prison term Thursday that will be suspended after she serves three years. Lohr had been accused of posing as a board-certified behavior analyst and used phony documents so she could work in the Norwalk, Connecticut school system as a consultant for autism treatment services. Prosecutors say she was able to fleece families of autistic children of roughly $150,000 in exchange for what the victims thought was special. Treatment. In sports, the Jets and Packers just underway in the Meadowlands. The Giants have the week off. The Nets host Miami. Right now, southbound on the New York State Thruway before exit 15, an accident with injuries. Emergency vehicles block the right lane. Hudson River crossings, no problems at the Lincoln or Holland Tunnels at the inbound George Washington Bridge. Upper level delays 10 to 15 minutes. The lower deck is fine, as is the outbound. The weather partly sunny today. Highs in the mid-50s. Clear skies tonight. Lows in the upper 30s. Monday, a mostly sunny day with highs in the upper 40s. AM 9 
970, the Apple is New York City's fastest-growing talk radio station. Check out Curtis Lewa Monday morning on your drive to work and find out why. I'm Ed Kalegi on the Talk of New York on AM 970, the Apple. If you have dark circles and under-eye bags, we have some exciting news. We just sold our millionth jar of Hydrolyze Advanced Under-Eye Cream. And to celebrate, we're giving away as many free trials as we can in the next 24 hours. To take part in our million jar celebration, call 1-800-400-5797 in the next 24 hours and claim your free trial. The clinically proven ingredients in Hydrolyze visibly erase dark circles and under-eye bags, whether they're due to stress, aging, fatigue, even your diet. It worked so well, we sold one million jars. And now we want to celebrate by letting you try it absolutely risk-free. Of course, all celebrations have to come to an end. So this radio offer is only available for the next 24 hours. If you suffer from dark under-eye circles and bags, this is your chance to visibly erase them for free. Call now for your free trial of Hydrolyze. If lines are busy, call again. That's 1-800-400-5797. 5797 Tired of that old sound? Please consider donating that old car to the Goodness Group, a metro area fully recognized 501c3 charity. Call 1-800-227-7777 and make a difference in the lives of children with special needs. For your caring donation, you'll receive a tax-deductible receipt and a seven-night hotel getaway to your choice of fabulous destinations. Call 1-800-227-7777 and the Goodness Group makes it easy. Can't use a deduction right now and prefer cash for your old car? An independent auto recycling company will pick up your car and give you cash in your hand, and they'll make a small donation to the Goodness Group. The choice is yours. Receive a tax-deductible receipt for this year and a seven-day hotel getaway or cash to recycle. Call the Goodness Group at 1-800-227-7777. That's 1-800-227-7777. Throw your friend a bone. It's more of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Hey, folks, we're back with the Dogs Endangered Radio Hour from the studios NYM in New York City. Election Day special. Election yeah, Day special. Day. We talked about a lot of legislative issues, and we want to move right along and bring on our esteemed next guest. Um, hold on one second. We're going to bring on Assemblyperson Bill McGee. Hold on a second while we patch in Mr. McGee. Mr. McGee? Yes. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you very much for joining us on this Sunday, two days before election. Right, right. So how's the campaign going? Oh, I don't know. It's going, you know, they <laughs> throw out all the incumbents uh, out there, but uh, hopefully in my case it'll be all but mine. Uh, I'm predicting the victory, Mr. McGee. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm predicting a Democratic victory again in New York State Assembly, and you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. I'd like to go back. There's more work to be done. Now, you've been in the Assembly for... 20 years? Yes. 20 years. And uh, would you say that this is one of the toughest elections you've faced? Uh, well, it's, I don't know, probably not the toughest, but it's one of the toughest I've had in a few years. In a few years. Yeah, I've basically run on a polls for the last three times. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but okay. uh, we're, we're confident. We're confident okay. that you're going you're gonna to come right through. Thank you. Um, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind. Let's talk a little bit about Oreo's law. You know, we were going to ask a couple of questions about that. Um, it failed twenty-one to two in your committee. Now, let me, for our listeners, uh, mention that uh, Mr. McGee is the chairman 
of, re, of the Agriculture Committee. And the reason the Agriculture Committee is so important to all animal legislation is because under New York state law, pretty much anything to do with animals or livestock goes directly to Mr. McGee's committee. So almost anything to do with animals ends up on Mr. McGee's desk, as did Oreo's law. So, um, Mr. McGee, what happened with the bill? What doomed Well, it? there was some concerns raised. Uh, there was concerns raised by the Kennel Club, and uh, the, you know, the basic concern is how, if you have this no-kill, uh, you know, Mm-hmm. means that, uh, you know, you could possibly have severely overcrowded, disease and pest-ridden cages and uh, a lack of volunteers to provide animals with a- adequate exercise. And, you know, it just uh, could lead to some serious problems, and we need to figure out a way to protect against that because we all certainly want our animals to live in, uh, you know, in good uh, environment if they're abandoned or or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, there's never been uh, anybody more supportive of animal shelters than myself. I was responsible when I was on the county legislature for getting uh, a shelter started right here in our own county of Madison. So. Good, good for you. Didn't good, know that. Good for you. So the major reason was you thought, at least you guys thought, that it wasn't, we weren't prepared enough to pass such a sweeping piece of legislation, huh? Yes, that's it, and because you got to protect against the, you know, as I say, the cases where people take in more animals than they can properly care for, and and that's that's not good for the animal. Right, right. What chance do you give it that you guys are going to be able to figure out some amendments to it, I guess, or fix it and try to get it passed next session? Well, we'll certainly be working on it to see if we can. Uh, we understand that, you know, what the goal is. The goal is to offer. All animals, uh, you know, uh, a second chance, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm, of course. And in another shelter somewhere by having the shelter take them. And then, of course, you got to deal with uh, the dogs that are, uh, uh, you know, are older or the animals that are older, unsocialized or less attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's in the larger municipalities, it presents a problem. Probably yeah. in smaller ones, it doesn't. Right, right, especially in New York, for example, New yeah. York City, especially. Yeah. Um, so you, you guys are going to be working on this, obviously, to try to... It comes back up, supposedly, sometime in the next session, right? Well, I'm assuming the uh, sponsor of it will reintroduce it, yes, next session. Yeah, isn't that Kellner, they sponsor yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, like a Kellner. Yeah, guaranteed that one is going to be... Sp- <laughs> he's right. going to introduce it. right. Uh, let me switch away from Oreo's law and talk about something else that was just introduced and is coming directly to your desk, if it, if it isn't there yet, I guess, with the campaign maybe. On, on August the 4th, a bill banning devocalization, meaning uh, they take away – how do they do it, Brenda? They take away some parts of the, of the vocal cords of the, of the animal? I'm not a vet. Why are you asking? Well, something – Yeah, that, that's what they do, and I do remember the bill. In fact, I, I think it's a good bill because I, I don't think we want our animals treated that way and uh, – uh, you know, uh, so I, I and I don't know of any reason why it's necessary. Uh, what you know, why they would do uh, something like this? Well, those people, uh, those people who 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 argue in in favor of the procedure, say that uh, you know sometimes barking is such a nuisance to neighbors and such that uh, you know it's the only it's the only method by which they can quiet the animal. Now, I'm not saying that's my position. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I'm just saying. That. Well, you know, a killing him works too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you know, and, and they're saying that, uh, you know, of the lesser of evils, devocalizing or ending up in a shelter where the dog's not going to be adoptable because of that problem, you know. That, but you, you, don't, you don't buy that, right, Mr. McGee? Well, the, that, you know, the way to stop them barking is by doing this thing and taking out their vocal cords. No, I, I don't think that is. I mean, dogs bark and people, you know, should figure out how to deal with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk to my neighbors? <laughs> yeah. I, t- I totally agree with you. Totally, totally agree with you. So here's a, here's a question that uh, I was dying to ask you, um, and this is a candid question. You know, this is not a political question, really. So candidly, again, um, how big is the influence of the three big organizations, um, so let's say ASPCA, HSUS, and PETA, on a major pending legislation when it comes down to your desk and, and moving itself through the assembly? Well, Just your opinion. You know, we hear from them uh, sometimes. We don't hear from them on all pieces of legislation. And uh, certainly we listen to them and uh, take their thoughts into consideration. Now, how, how versus that, let's say, what happens when, and when you're moving forward on a bill and really considering it and you get this deluge of emails from animal, you know, friendly to loonies to whatever, you know, you get this, like Oreo's Law had all this, you know, thousands and thousands of emails. How do you guys balance all of that? Well, we take into consideration what... The emails say, and uh, also if they're, uh, uh, you know, we sometimes don't pay a lot of attention if it's obvious that it's the same email and, and there's multiples of it that's been put into a computer somewhere and then relayed to my office through uh, the Internet. And right. So, you know, we certainly listen to them. Uh, probably the one that comes around the most is the, uh, I think, the SPCA. Mm-hmm. In which way it comes around the most? Oh, you mean visits? Into my office. Visits, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They have a full-time lobby interest in, in uh, Albany, I think. Well, I mean, I think it's important for, for these very large organizations that have the money sure. you know, to, to stay on top of this. Somebody's got to be staying on top yeah, of the issues. Yeah, no, right. I, I totally agree. But it's interesting that, you know, on the other hand, with the Internet, you can get you know, 100,000 emails in a day. Right. You know, and so what, what do you say? Do you say 100,000 people are, are you know, going to vote against me if I don't, you know, mm-hmm. do you analyze it that way? So in your uh, – let me ask you a question. In your long career in the Assembly, and, and you've been uh, – how long have you been the chair of the uh, Agriculture, Agriculture Committee? Ten years. Ten years. Okay, wow, that's a long time. So in, your, in that long uh, career, have you seen a change in the general public's uh, population's attitude toward animals? Um, let's say dogs in particular. Let's, let's stay more focused on the dog side of it. Yeah, there's there's more people out there concerned about how animals are cared for, and uh, particularly in shelters. Uh, there's a lot of concern about the puppy mills uh, and controlling them, and we get pieces of legislation that tries to deal with that. And, uh, you know, it's it's gotten more serious in the last few years than it was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So you, you're seeing – but you're seeing the change – at the ground level, or are you seeing it more at the organizational level? No, I think it exists at the ground level, at least where I come from it does. Yeah, so you're, you're seeing actually people come out of the woodwork and, and try to move pieces or put things on there or hassle right. their assemblymen and go after right. their senators, and you're seeing that kind of ground swell. Right, right. Wow, and that's been increasing steadily over the last, or is it just the last five years you've really seen it? Oh, I don't know. It's, it seems to be more prevalent now than it was five years ago. Really? Yeah. Because there's a whole bunch of animal 
related bills that were introduced in the legislature last year. We were just, Brenda and I were looking at them just well, a Well, we were talking ago. specifically about dog-related ones. Of course, yeah. if you stretch it out to animal, there's just a hundred of them probably yeah, more. Right. I don't know. But we were right. specifically looking for ones relating to animals. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's, a, yeah. there's, there's quite a few just uh, I mean, right. relating to dogs. Right. What about this uh, new bill that was just introduced uh, both in California and New York in, in March? Um, I think it's coming right to you again. It's this animal abuser registry. I'm not sure if that goes to rules or, or to your committee, but it's it's basically a re- registry for people that are uh, that are indicted on um, abuser yeah. animal abuser yeah. charges. How do you feel about that? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, if they can find a way to make it work and be fair with all people that uh, somebody you know doesn't get on the list that shouldn't be or whatever. Uh, right, that's the big concern. I it think it might be a, a a good thing, you know, but. We but, don't see a lot of animal abusers around anyway, you know. Yeah, it's one of those laws that sounds really great, but it's really yeah. difficult to codify. Right, you know? right. It's one of those things that sounds great in theory. Of course, who would like, you know, I'd like to know who's an animal abuser, you know, and, and keep right. him from adopting again. But how do you write a law around that? That's yeah, true. Yeah, you guys That's have rough. a tough job. A, yeah. lot, a lot of them fall in the detail of the application, right? Right, right. Yeah. So let me ask you this question now. Um, as a esteemed member of the, of the legislature, um, what's your opinion? This is just an opinion question, okay? What do you think? How big a role will legislation play in trying to take New York State to, to become a no-kill state? That's the goal of almost all animal rights activists. You know, at the end of it, that's the big pot of rainbow here, you know, mm-hmm. for them to, to take New York. If, if you take the kill thing out of it, you know, a lot of their venom will come out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how big a part do you think legislation will play in, in a final drive at some point a decade from now to make New York no kill? Uh, you know, legislation, I guess, would have to happen to make it happen. Uh, you can't just, you know, uh, although some organizations I know to adopt the policy on their own, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but to make it, uh, you know, all across the state, it would have to be done by legislation. You don't think it's going to happen without legislation? I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah, so it's well, gonna... it hasn't gotten us there yet, let's say. Right, that, right. So. Well, that's that's the question I'm really asking. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it, I mean, people have cried and screamed about it, but it hasn't gotten there. And I doubt, I agree, I agree with Mr. McGee, I doubt if, it's, if it can possibly even occur without legislation at some point. Right. You know, at some point. I mean, I'm not saying we're ready as a society to go no kill and switch, right. you know switch the thing, you know, and make it happen. But um, You mean from a legislative perspective? Yeah, yeah, yeah ordering it, basically. Well, I would tell you that, I mean, that would, that would force, uh, force uh, society to have to deal with a large number of animals in real short order. And costs. And maybe they would find a solution. And costs. Maybe they would find a solution right away. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think, it, I mean, do you agree that it's mostly money that's the obstacle to all of these kind of, you know, highbrow um, hopes and options that we have? What do you mean by money? Well, you know, you got to, you know, if you, if we, if we switch it to no kill, let's say we had a magic button, you and I, and we just pushed it today, right? Two days before election day, and we made New York State no kill. Um, that would have a whole bunch of dogs sitting in cages, waiting to be fed, need vet care, you know, this, all this kind of stuff. So costs start building up right away. And right. since the municipalities are funded by the state, at the, at the end of the line, it's the state that's paying for it, um, there's a budget shortfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has to be funded. So they come back to you and ask you for more money. Yeah. Well, they just uh, we just did something, took uh, the licensing of dogs away from uh, uh, the, the Department of Agriculture and Markets in Albany. Now, oh, you did? It's, it's done with the local, local governments. 
the towns and the villages and so on do their own uh, and that licensing. Ju- and that's and that's a recent change. Yes, and and uh, so they're in the process of trying to find because part of the what when it was with the Department of Ag and Markets, part of it was uh, the money was used for uh, to fund shelters and so on. So now uh, the uh, local municipalities will probably come together and make a contract with uh, some company or independent or not-for-profit uh, to provide that kind of uh, care. And and why is that important? Well, because, you you know, if you got these animals that are stray and so on, you guys, you got to provide for them, and we want to do it the, in the, you know, cleanest environment and uh, less overcrowded, you know, mm-hmm. environment and, so as we can. And do you think uh, uh, changing the power, uh, the licensing power at the municipal level will allow that to happen? Well, and we believe that it will give the local municipality more money than they had received before. Terrific. I did not know that. Thank you for informing us of that. The department won't keep uh, a, sh- a portion of it. That's that's great. Well, thank you very much for informing we're, us. We're that. running out of time here, uh, Mr. McGee, but we want to thank you for okay. joining us joining us today, and we wish you luck on the uh, in the election on uh, Tuesday. Okay. Well, thank you. We're going to be looking at the results and calling you back. Okay. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Take All care. Thanks again. Enjoy the rest of thanks your Sunday. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. We'll be right back after this short break. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM 970, The Apple. Dogs in Danger is an award-winning charity that has turned the animal world on its head. It's the last chance for dogs waiting on death row in shelters across the country. They tell the public what dog is where and how many days they have before being killed. Then, caring people like you go and save the poor dog and bam, you have a new best friend and a happy family. Dogs in Danger has done this over 40,000 times in just two and a half years. Wow. Now you can help Dogs in Danger spread the word and save even more lives. Your donation is 100% tax deductible. So what are you waiting for? Go to dogsindanger.com and click the donate button. Just $18 a month will make them reach farther and help end the killing of our furry friends www.dogsindanger.com Then click donate and do something good for your soul. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Honest talk, even when it bites. On AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Well, we're back. That was a, a, an informative discussion with uh, Assemblyman McGee. Yes. Um, and chair, uh, chair of the Agriculture Committee, absolutely, which, is, which is so critical to animal absolutely issues. Absolutely. People don't realize how critical yeah. that committee is. Oh, absolutely. Anything with and without Chairman McGee's vote, it doesn't, go it doesn't get through the committee. That's right. So, you know, we're glad to have him on our side. And I got to tell you, without his vote, it's not you're not going to you know, you're not going to go against your your committee chairman. That's very unusual. That a well, they do it occasionally, but you can it's you, rare. usually you can do it once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's, he's absolutely today. essential in yeah. moving a bill forward into the assembly floor to the rules committee, which then gets a vote. And wow, twenty years he's been there. So what yeah. a wealth of information he is. Huh? And you know what? The other part why it's so critical is that once a bill gets to the assembly floor and it's animal rights bill, guess what? It's going to pass. Nobody's voting against the animals. Okay, nobody's voting against the animals on the floor. Yeah, they do. No, it's pretty right. How many bills have failed on the floor? 
No, I don't think so. But let's I move on. That list, yeah. Let's move I mean, on. Clearly we're at an unprecedented point in history where, um, you know, when it comes to animal protection legislation and uh, more and more people want to elect compassionate legislators, compassionate toward humans and animals. I think I think uh, Mr. McGee's perspective, a 20 year perspective was fascinating to that question. Have you seen a, an urgency? Have you seen more of a grassroots movement? I mean, I think that perspective was 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 fascinating that he absolutely said yes. And there is an urgency and there is more people coming out of the woodworks about these kind of issues than he's seen he's ever mm-hmm. seen, which which, you know, which tells you something, which tells you people are starting to care more for whatever reason. I'm not going to tell you why people are starting to care more today than they did five years ago. But it seems like they are. Which is, you know, which is unbelievable. How is the poll doing? Poll is still at about 87 percent. Still at 87 percent? We're still about 87 percent, yeah. And the question was, I would let an animal issue be decisive in determining who I vote for. And 87 percent of people on our Facebook page have been saying, absolutamente sí. People saying, I specifically seek out animal-friendly candidates to vote for. And I don't think that means people are voting on a single issue being an animal issue, but they're certainly looking for candidates who support their other – uh, you know, their, their other philosophies in addition to being animal friendly. So. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, we're going to look at the, we're going to look at what's the McGee's election, of course, and we're going to be looking at most importantly in Missouri, just to get a trend, mm-hmm. just to get an idea of what people power is all about, you know? Uh, so we're going to lo- be looking at that. This and is a very exciting election on so many fronts. And, you know, we're talking about animal issues, but of course there are some really, really big political issues, societal issues, financial issues. Yeah, I yeah mean, a lot going so on. Many yeah, issues. a lot going on. The same kind of thing that we talked about with uh, Mr. McGee about this movement, uh, people caring more about these things. It seems like they're more impassioned in general about the economy and who's in the White House mm-hmm. and lots of stuff. There's, the people just seem to be impassioned more at this point than uh, I've seen in a long time. Well, I'm impassioned, and I'm going to vote. There you go. Um, you want to tell us about the next dog? I would like one vote for each of my dogs. That's the Chicago style, huh? Chicago style. <laughs> <laughs> Voting Chicago style. On that note, uh, we're going to move on to our next uh, Dogs in Danger uh, dog of the day, which is – I'm going to call him Sam, okay, because I think he looks like oh, Sam, but this shelter this um, doesn't, always, uh, doesn't always give names to the dogs okay, when they let, show Let up. me tell you what he the is, name of the dog is on the website, okay? It's A2930 – Eight three three. Right. Well, that's his A number, which is you know is their tracking internal tracking number, and so that's how the shelters identify the animals. I there. get it, but I think you he don't looks like a Sam. Adopt he is, a dog named A three. He's, he's a male uh, golden retriever mix. He is very handsome, and uh, they said possibly mixed with Chow. Uh, I'm not sure, but he sure he sure is very handsome. The shelter says he's very me- uh, mellow and friendly. He's at Maricopa County in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, oh, that's a that's a high kill shelter. Yeah. Well, they take in a lot of animals, yeah. and uh, and uh, unfortunately, a lot. I think about 150 animals a day. Okay, yeah. folks, 150 animals a day. And, so and uh, a decent number end up being euthanized. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, please go over there. He's got that ridiculous name. We call him Sam just for the hell of it. We're going to put it up on the website as Sam. I'm going to change the name on the website, but it's a. Two nine three zero eight three three. Right now on the website, okay, folks in Arizona, please help him out. Golden Retriever is gorgeous. He's beautiful. More of the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour is on the way on AM nine seventy, The Apple. I'm Brenda Bush, co-founder of Dogs in Danger. 
For those of us who live with these special creatures, we understand that they're so much more than just dogs. They're faithful companions to the end. They remind us every day that life is precious and brief, full of fleeting joys and missed opportunities. Each year in this country, millions of homeless dogs are killed in shelters. There is a better way, and Dogs in Danger is working to get us there. It's the last chance for these dogs. Dogs in Danger makes it personal, with names and faces of dogs on death row, and brings us all face to face with a painful reality. More than 40,000 dogs have been saved with the assistance of Dogs in Danger, but we still have a long way to go. So please, open your heart and wallet to one of the thousands of dogs waiting for a second chance at life. Visit dogsindanger.com and click donate to help us stop the needless killing of our best friends. Do it now, before they run out of time. No fleas on us. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on AM 970, The Apple. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Wow, another hour has gone by. And the next time uh, we're on the air, next week... We will know the results of the election. Yeah, we're going to have to do a little follow-up there. Yeah, and, and, and we'll definitely give you follow-ups on a couple of things. Definitely on the Missouri Ballot Initiative, we will give you a follow-up one way or the other. way. We'll find out what happened, and we'll give you the numbers. And I'm sorry that uh, we couldn't uh, deliver Assemblyman Paul in today. There must have been some kind I, of mix-up. We were looking forward to having her on the show. Maybe we'll uh, get her on some future show so we can talk about we some of these. We will tell you what happened. I, hopefully yeah. she's okay. I mean, you know, I mean, we affecting the show. Yeah. Well, obviously it was not nice for her not to call, but if she, um, if there was a problem, hopefully, I mean, that's secondary to her well-being, yeah. you know, so yeah. hopefully everything hopefully is fine okay. with her and, uh, and that this was just something that we had to, and you did a great job covering for her. I think you should be running for assembly. I don't think so. Well, not for know. me. No, none for me. Thanks. But if uh, Miss Amy Palm just didn't call us because she forgot about us, I, I have a new candidate to run against her two oh, years from now. Stop. You don't know why she didn't call. <laughs> yeah, I think it's you. <laughs> no, it will not be me no matter what. All right. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but how about, no, how about really Jonathan, huh? our we... call screener here? <laughs> Really Jonathan's folks, shaking we his do. head. We, come on, we only have a few minutes. Let, let's get serious here. We want to encourage people to, you know, uh, research uh, the animal friendliness of the, the candidates that they're considering voting for and, um, and, and really stay informed on these really important issues, critical issues. You know, many candidates are figuring out that promoting humane policies is the politically intelligent thing to do. You know, uh, you look at your their tax policies, you look at your you know, unemployment rate, you look at your hopes for keeping your job, getting a job if you don't if you don't have one. All of these things go into calculations on Tuesday. Please, if you care about the dog that's sleeping in front of you, also consider the candidate's perspective on the animals, especially your pets. And okay, I, it's very important, okay? Don't just worry about your taxes and don't just worry about your own well-being. Think about the animals once in a while. and uh, It elevates all of us in the yeah, end. Yeah, think about it. I mean, it's a very selfless gesture. Uh, for ourselves, not to think about our own pocketbooks. Um, you know, there are candidates that are running all over this country that are very pro-animal rights, that are very pro, very sensitive to this cause. And if you care about them, just once in a while, take your hand out of your pocket and think about the animal's well-being and see or analyze at least or call or do some research on the Internet and find out more about the stand, the stand of your candidate on these kind of issues. I'm not saying it should be the determining factor, okay? I'm not saying, you know, you're going to be so 
so giving that you're suddenly going to decide on this one issue. But it should be a part of the mix of the decision of who you end up deciding to vote for on Tuesday. Absolutely. Okay, folks. So with those words, I think uh, we're going to wind down the Dogs in Danger radio hour for another another week. Next week is a surprise show. Surprise show. We're not going to tell you what it is because we don't know what it is. It's a surprise to us as well. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it when we get there. All right, folks. Have a good week. See, Go bye. out and vote on Tuesday. Good luck, everyone.